Hello, Dr. Dyke Drummond here at the home of TheHappyMD.com in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Tools so you can recognize and prevent your own burnout. Stories of burnout put to its highest and best use and wellness leadership strategies. Everything you need to be a physician on purpose. Well, hey, everybody, this is Dyke Drummond at the home of The Happy MD in beautiful Seattle, Washington, here with the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Today, our guest is another one of our coaches at thehappymd.com, one of our physician burnout coaches. Dr. Harjo Singh is an assistant chief of service for telemedicine at Kingsview Behavioral Health in California. He's also faculty at the ACHE, the American College of Healthcare Executives. And Harjo's a coach with us at the Happy MD. And uh, Harjo, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Harjo and I are going to talk today about something that's really near and dear to me, and that is the concept of uh, we talk about burnout a lot, and physicians talk about disease a lot, and there is some stinking thinking out there when it comes to what is wellness, what is well-being, what does that mean? And a lot of times what ends up happening for us physicians is that we take a person who has a disease, a symptomatic disease, and we take them to the point where they're either asymptomatic or the disease has been cured and we think our job is done. That must be wellness, right, Harjo? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what everyone thinks. Yes, and you're so, right. And so when we talk to people who are burned out, we talk about whether or not you're burned out. But the challenge is, even if you're not feeling symptoms of burnout, are you at that point thriving? You're right. And thriving is a very good term. And that's where I want to say right up front, well-being has arrived as a science. The science of well-being. A science of well-being has arrived as a discipline. So it's not a nebulous idea. And actually, the proper term to use is well-being, not just wellness or happiness or people use resilience or grit or positive emotions. All those are components of well-being, and well-being is not just happyology. So that's where, let's say in the last 20 years or so, the people who were the scientific researchers in the field, they took it upon themselves as a challenge that the old ideas of what we might call spiritual wellness or even humanistic psychology, they were nice and good ideas. People loved them. Many, many popular books were written based on them. But they were not sort of put to the test for what we would call evidence-based test. Yeah, so there's happy, happy, joy, joy, and positive that's right. psychology. Was, but if I put it to the test, it, it wilts under fire. That's right. And they were more like philosophies, and which is fine, which is good. It was always helpful to people. But to understand, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And that's where the science of well-being has arrived. So even if you look at the WHO declaration of, let's just take mental health, let's say, even though it includes all health, they use the term well-being right in there. They say the full health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make his or her contribution to his or her community. The basic idea to understand is that well-being is not the absence of ill-being. That's not going to create well-being. In fact, now we understand that there are two distinct kinds of well-being. 
there is something called subjective well-being and there is something called psychological well-being and they're both from two separate traditions hedonism pleasure. all the way to the ancient greeks it always goes all the way that's right they greeks. knew everything <laughs> they didn't test it as so we do he, now hedonism and, yeah and eudaimonic well-being eudaimonia that's right and we need both the subjective well-being focuses on the hedonic aspect of well-being which is happiness pleasant life or positive emotions but the psychological well-being which focuses on the eudaimonic well-being which is fulfillment of human potential creating you were showing me life. as we were starting out today harjo you were showing me a four-part scale here and yes. i'd love to show our listeners that scale do you have yes. it there can you hold it up yes i i i got it right here so here's the thing that i see it conceptually as a ladder here's the ladder very easy to understand ladder that okay do you see yep. it all so so for oh. those of you who are just listening here there's uh, four layers and i'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up there's succumbing on the bottom there's surviving just above that and then you cross the halfway line and you get to existing and above that is thriving so succumbing surviving existing and thriving so in the old view of well-being, what would happen is you would be well when you got to the halfway mark. And this is only the halfway mark in this four-part structure. Yeah. And as you can see, that as you go up, the well-being goes up. As you go down, the ill-being goes up. So like a very easy way to understand is, and like you said it, like in a residency type experience, some people succumbed and some survived. Well, and I would say too, Harjo, we were talking earlier, I would say that the whole point of residency education for physicians is simple survival. Everything is predicated on survival. And the way that I, I make this point is very simple. You know what? What do they call the person who graduates last from their medical school class? That's well, a doctor. So. <laughs> they survived, man. They're in. Yes, they right? did. So the point is that this knowledge, everyone needs to know this. You know, this podcast has one thing. This ladder will be very, very important message to take home because like newer studies are coming out. There was a two-part study out of University of Rochester that when people have burnout every day of the week, if they feel it almost all the time, then at phenomenological level, it can be very hard to distinguish from major depressive disorder. Right. Their baseline so is it, set below zero. That's right. It's, that's why they call it a jangle effect. The two things are the same, but they are given separate names. And yes, okay, we're doing studies on that. We're going to learn about that. But what that means is that that person is succumbing. And when they come out of it, or if they feel it three times a week, let's say, or if they feel it at work only, still they are surviving. And the person over here who is existing, if they are not careful, they are people who in research are called languishing. Ah, there you go. That's a good so, one. Languish. Yes, like that's it. a proper term. So <clears throat> they are languishing. And by languishing, I mean that are they able to feel engagement every day? Are they creating positive emotions? Are they going in the direction of creating positive relationships for themselves or not? Are they working towards creating a meaningful life or not? Yeah. Or, and, and, and do they have a sense of achievement in their life or not? So, so the whole point is that sometimes you can even overvalue achievement or you can start overvaluing positive emotions. But do you have all of them? 
And if you're not active, if you're not sort of creating this for yourself, because the society is not set up to do this for you. No, no, no. Just no, like no. you said, residency is not set up to create this for you. No job on the planet is made to set this no. up for you. So nobody's going to do it for you. Right. And so, so that's where the term thriving and flourishing they are also proper terms. They are so, used kind of interchangeably. So, so that's the goal. That's so, really the goal. So for our clients as coaches and for everybody who's listening for your own personal self, think about, and I imagine you can split different pieces of your life this way too. Where in your life would you use the word thrive or flourish? And I'm going to make an agricultural reference here. I'm a gardener, right? So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is a difference and you can see it mm -hmm. between a plant that's wilting, a plant that's growing normally, and a plant that you've put in just the right place and it's actually flourishing, right? That's you can right. see it from across the yard. That's so think of yourself as, and, and I've used this term a lot, think of yourself as in your practice, you have some seeds that you were given in your residency program. Let's say that they're corn. They're my practice, my ability to be a light worker. I'm looking for fertile soil to plant my seeds where they can grow into big stalks with lots of ears of corn. And unfortunately, burnout is a place where you found a parking lot and that's the best you can do. And your this seeds will is, only grow this, this is, big. <laughs> let, me, let me stretch this metaphor a little bit. Okay. If you're going to create a garden, you need... Two basic things, let's say, among many other things. First of all, you need to visualize the garden and see what's going to happen because it's not going to bloom overnight. You'll prepare the soil and all that. But let's say a very crude level, just talking about plants, you'll have to take out the weeds <laughs> and plant the plants that you want or you need or that'll you know give you. So that's where having a sense that somehow just taking the weeds will create a beautiful garden is not going to happen and at the same time you have to take out the weeds you can't ignore the weeds it's not happyology well-being is not just this weird positive thing all the time in fact let's let's, let's take off an example of a busy life of physician and every day we have a chance to do good it's almost like we have to travel to any place else to have that sense I did good today and if you can create the working conditions for yourself that you also get to feel like you accomplished something today. You got a sense that where your abilities were, the challenge was, they met beautifully. Now, that's not always possible if you're 10 years out of training. Some of the things do become a little bit rote. But if you're paying attention, you will have opportunities every day where you will have that flow on where time becomes meaningless, where you, in the moment, you don't even feel anything, but later on you reflect on it and say, wow, I did fantastic today. I was coaching a physician and he's a CMO and talking about the case, which was so difficult and complicated and 45 minutes go by and it felt like, like barely right. a minute went by. But you have to intentionally create that kind of a thing and intentionally. So that's where if you don't take out the weeds and if you don't put the plants that you need, you're not going to have a garden. Either the weeds are going to choke the plants you're trying to just plant, plant, or you're going to just keep on taking out the weeds instead of putting the plants you need. 
long-term plans, short-term plans. So, so. Well, I think we found another word for the top shelf too. So we've got thriving, we've uh -huh. got flourishing, and we've mm -hmm. got System of High's uh, word flow. The flow. In flow, yes. where you said ability meets opportunity and we're able to be pushed comfortably to achieve an exceptional outcome. Flow has been studied as a psychological concept in the last almost 50 years at this point. And flow is, you know, just like people talk about, and if any leader is listening, there's always this talk about, we'll create engagement, we'll create engagement, like you're going to sprinkle something from the top or we're going to engage them. You know, that's not how it works. If you try to understand engagement from the other person's perspective, which is the physician, you have to understand the best form of engagement is when the person is feeling flow. And that flow is exactly what you said, the best balance of where your abilities and the challenge meet each other. And you have, like, kind of like if you play a game, let's say a chess or tennis, and if you're playing somebody who's way too above your level, right? it's like not going to be fun. But if somebody's way too easy, unless you're teaching them out of love, it's like your child, <laughs> it's not going to be fun either. But when the, you equally match each other, especially if it's just a little bit above your level, the flow gets created. You grow out of it. In fact, when they study the engagement from the flow perspective, the emotions, it's a reflective experience. You reflect on it later because in the moment you don't know what's going on. So it's important in order to thrive that we create these kind of things and we put these things in place. Yep. You got to have the raw materials. Yes. Got to have the intention, the vision. You have to be aiming for what you want. And yes. there has to be a little bit of challenge in the field. Right, because yes. if you're feeling unchallenged, you're unstimulated. And now we've got three words. I'm going to say, I'm going to put one more on the stack. So we've got thrive, we've got flourish, we've got flow, and I'm going to put a little phrase in there. I'm going to say dialed in. So for everybody who's listening right now, again, it's not that well-being is the absence of disease. There's a whole half of the spectrum still available to you. So question where do you feel like you are thriving, dialed in, switched on, flourishing? Where do you notice that you would like to have that be your experience, but it's not happening? And wherever it is that you're feeling that block to flourishing, write down a list of those things that are getting in your way. And writing down that list and getting it out of your head is going to be one of the ways that you can make a leap up to the third or fourth level of this four-level system that we've been showing you. Yes, that's where the science of how to get it done is also growing. That science was neglected for almost, I want to say, 70, 80 years in the field, let's say, mental health. Because yeah, since the we beginning, were, it's always been about disease. Yes. And, and, you know, we have made progress in that field. And we have, you know, sort of declared victory over some things in a, in a way that we know how to at least manage them or prolong life. But the sense that just like we have such beautifully done assessment sort of algorithms on the disease side, do we have anything for, let's say, any way of assessing things on the well-being side? Do we have anything, any tools on that side? And I can say yes. So that's the other thing. So not only has the science grown conceptually, it also has grown practically. 
Okay, which cool. means what creates well-being? How do you go around creating it? And that's where you use the word vision. Just like we do the ideal um, job description, you can say ideal life description. That is one of the most powerful things any human being can do. Yep. And vision is a piece of it because vision means you can actually visualize it instead of doing a two-dimensional paper exercise. And by the way, in the last year or so, I have been doing more visualizing with my clients than uh, paper because visualization brings emotion into it. So the word you used, vision, is very, very powerful. I like that word. That is the first step. So that's where you create intention. Right. And, and what I think we're sending here is a really strong message to doctors who are survivors mm-hmm. of the training process, who are used mm-hmm. to surviving or existing in their practice, tolerating mm-hmm. conditions that are less than optimal, mm-hmm. is that going forward, we would encourage you to set your sights on thriving, on flourishing, on flow, on being dialed in. Yes. And Arjo, I want to make sure that people understand you're a psychiatrist. Okay, so that's <laughs> part of the reason you talk like this. I love it. And the other thing I want to say is that I'm going to have you back over and over and over again because we're going to keep talking about the science of well-being, the measurement of thrival as opposed yes. to the measurement of personality or the measurement of distress. Mm-hmm. And again, let's go through bottom to top and then let's wrap up. Go through bottom to top on the layers. The bottom layer was what? Succumbing. Succumbing and then surviving. Uh, surviving. Then Existing, existing or languishing in a way languishing and then thriving yeah. or flourishing yeah. love it yes well thanks harjo i really appreciate your time that's harjo singh psychiatrist and a member of the coaching crew here at the happy md we're going to have you back over and over again harjo i promise you and that's today's episode of the physician on purpose podcast if you're going to set your sights on anything and always begin with the end in mind always have a vision of where you're headed But if you're going to set your sights on anything, why would it not be thriving? Why would it not be flourishing? Why would it not be flow? That's it for today. Everybody keep breathing and have a great rest of your day.